Person who makes Toba with a sincere heart. Then, after they make Toba, then they get the sweetness and pleasure of the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They get the lazat of Muhammad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the sign that they've made Toba to Nasu true and sincere repentance. That the very moment and second that they make true and sincere repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will feel a sweetness in the heart. Pleasure in the heart, a lizard in the heart, and that pleasure is actually the love for Allah SWT that they feel in their heart. And that means that they will start, their heart will get warm with the love for Allah SWT. Just like people who have an unlawful love for this world, they will always be thinking about that non-mehram. They will always be thinking about them, talking to them. They will spoil their business, spoil their work in the office. They may spoil their family, leave their homes. So if a person is so crazy about an unlawful love, then imagine that person who falls in the pure, noble, lawful love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How crazy and passionate and overwhelming that will be for the person's heart. Yes, the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all, just like false love overwhelms people's hearts. Just like the true just like that, the true love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala overwhelms a person's heart. So the result is that the Salik is always thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. Like somebody who is completely lost and in a craze and an passionate lover. Like people will say that this person looks absent-minded, they look like they're not 100% there. And they will be what is called the Persian Khalwat al-Anjaman, they're sitting in a large gathering, but their heart is still occupied with Allah SWT. Their body is present, but their heart is elsewhere. Walking, standing, sitting, sleeping, lying down, all the time their heart's focus is on Allah SWT. This is called Inaba, to be inclined towards Allah SWT. Our Mashaikh Nakshban, we kept the name of Inaba as Wakuf Kalmi. But does that mean that we should try ourselves to keep reminding our heart of Allah SWT and then as we get more and more love for Allah SWT, then our heart remember Allah SWT on its own. So whenever we have any when love for Allah SWT, whenever we have love for Allah SWT, our heart will always be directed towards Him. Then a person will view themselves as a stranger in this world. They will be uninterested in this world. They will be detached from this world. And this 
to become disconnected from everything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be focused and turning and inclining towards Allah this is called inaba inaba means to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in obedience and then a person when they have inaba towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they do more and more acts of ibadah they do more and more good deeds because they don't and they stay away from sin because they know that if they sin my beloved will be angry with me and they don't want to do anything to make their beloved angry with them they will even stay away from things that are doubtful and if they, they even have the slightest chance that something will make them distant from Allah SWT they leave it so that is called taqwa taqwa means to leave anything that makes a person distant from Allah SWT Inaba means to be so for one's heart to be so attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is permanently attached just like an itikaf your body has to remain in the masjid is permanently attached to the masjid just like that inabat means a person whose heart is permanently attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <laughs> and that person whose kalb heart is not attached to Allah SWT, then that means their heart will be attached to all of the figures and beauties and passions of this world because no matter what you do your mind will always be thinking thoughts nobody is in an empty mind either your mind will be thinking thoughts about Allah SWT or your mind will be thinking thoughts about Ghairullah either there will be darkness in a room or there will be light in a room just like that either in a room either a person will have the love the nur of the love for Allah SWT in their heart or they will have the darkness of love for Ghairullah in their heart this inaba is of two kinds one is that which every human being has Allah Ta'ala has bestowed every human being with an attraction towards him and that is called inaba the fact that Allah Ta'ala is our Rabb and that he is our caretaker, nourisher and every human being is naturally inclined towards Allah Ta'ala because Allah Ta'ala has granted him every bounty and blessing since he was born and that's why Allah SWT says many times in Quran that when you are in a time of difficulty you will always remember Allah so this is human nature that when they are in a time of difficulty and stress they turn towards their Rabb even unbelievers, even atheists have this that when they are in very dire circumstances they turn towards their Rabb Allah Ta'ala has put this in the fitrah or the inherent nature of a human being so this you will see that this is what the doctors say to the patient when the doctor says that there's no more there's no medicine that can cure you so then the patient asks the doctor what can I do and then the doctor will say well all you can do now is pray what they mean is that even every human it's human nature that everyone's last resort is Allah SWT they have a bare minimum need for Allah SWT 
So this is inside every single human being. And second, this is first was called Inabata Ububiyya, the second is called Inabata Ubudiyya wa Muhammad. And this is the way a person yearns towards Allah subhanahu because they are a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The way a slave loves their master, the way a slave wants to please their master. Hafiz ibn Kaymata has written that there are two aspects to deen. The first aspect is ibana, and the second is isti'ana. Seeking help, the first aspect is worship and the second is seeking help. Because the whole summary of the Quran is in Surah Fata and the whole essence of Surah Fata is Iyaka Nabudu'a Iyaka Nasta'in. So Iyaka Nabudu'a means Allah Ta'ala, I do ibadat of you only. And Iyaka Nasta'in is Isti'ana, Allah Ta'ala, I seek your help only. <laughs> So Ibn Qayyim says Inabat is ibadat and tawakkul is istiyanat. Inabat is the yearning is expressed through worship and trust and reliance is expressed through seeking Allah Ta'ala's help. So that person who has both inabat and tawakkul, that means they will have all of deen. All the time their hearts should be inclined towards Allah Ta'ala and all their time their hearts reliance and trust should be in Allah when it says by those who go on the path of Allah in Dawah, they always tell people that nothing can happen without the help of Allah everything happens only with the will of Allah so this is called Yaqeen that we should turn our gaze and hope away from the processes and means and instead turn our gaze towards Allah who is the creator of those processes and means so instead of chasing after the asbab we should chase after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the musabib al-asbab some mashayikh have said that tawbah and inamah there are two differences but there is a difference between these two things the person who makes tawbah they turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of fear of the punishment for their sins whereas the munib he turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of love and yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so they both turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but in slightly different ways another way is that the munib the ta'ib turns to Allah Ta'ala out of fear over the punishment of sins and the munib turns to Allah Ta'ala out of haya, shame of their sin another meaning is that tawbah means to turn away from sin into obedience to turn away from sin into obedience and inaba is to turn away from ghaflat into zikr to turn from heedlessness into the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also to turn tawbah is to turn away from that which is unknown to the known means Allah Ta'ala is ghaib and instead of that you have the feeling Allah Ta'ala is mushahida that you are able to witness Allah SWT then Allah SWT said in Quran that oh you believe you should do tawbah to Allah Ta'ala altogether oh you who believe so that you may be successful so tawbah is the attribute of the mu'mineen 
and inaba is the is the sifat of the awliya that they bring to Allah Ta'ala Kalb al-Munib and inaba is also the sifat of the anbiya so you have the first is Tawbah, that is of the Mu'mineen Then they leave sin and they come unto good deeds Then Inaba, this is to leave Ghaflat and to come towards Zikr And the third is to be Arab And the person who is Arab, those are the Anbiya And that is they, instead of believing Allah Ta'ala in an unseen way They believe Allah Ta'ala in a seen way so Allah Ta'ala has bestowed this rank on the Anbiya and the Prophets That they're always able to perceive Allah SWT He is never unseen to them If a person even were to get a drop of that A person would not be able to retain that And they would feel that my focus is always on Allah SWT When he retired Somebody asked him How are you doing? And he was a poet So many times they even respond to questions and poems He says that he had a classmate in college Who was very fond of poetry And every time you would ask him a question He would respond with a poem In class to the teacher He had ready-made poems at his disposal at all times And the other students used to say that It looks like you have a whole list of poetry in your pocket And whenever the teacher asks you a question You can just recite a poem So somebody asked the Khadim Mazur That you have retired and you are now receiving a pension So he he said this couplet in Urdu That yes indeed I am now pensioner I am receiving pension but now the day belongs to me and the right night also belongs to me so look I'm now un- retired and receiving a pension everything is up to me the day is mine and the night is mine now there's some other being who is the master of my time all my day and all my night I am in think thoughts of my Allah subhanahu and this is the way Salik is supposed to be that something else is dominating his thoughts and his mind and his heart at all time and that is Allah SWT all the time to be focused towards Allah SWT that is called Inama so the beginning is Tawbah and then the middle of it Middle stage is Inaba and the high stage is Oba to become an Awab. So all of the Anbiya and Prophets were given each and every one of these three stations and states. They had Inaba and they were also Awab. Sayyidina Dawud Islam tonight also in Taraweeh this ayah was recited. He sought Allah's forgiveness and he made Raku and he was an Awab. He was often turning towards Allah SWT. Then about Sayyidina Sulaiman Islam, the word Anab was used, Summa Anab, that he used to yearn for Allah SWT. About Sulaiman Islam, it is mentioned that Allah Ta'ala said that I have, uh, Sulaiman Islam said that I have tawakkal on Allah SWT and I turn towards him in Inaba. About Sayyidina Ibrahim Islam, the same word used, Halimun Awabun Munib, all three words were used. 
And this is another du'a of the Anbiya Allah Ta'ala, we depend upon you and we turn to you and to you is our return. And Sayyidina Rasulullah used to make du'a that this is Allah is my Rabb and I trust upon Him and it is to Him I return. So all of the Anbiya all the time always had this special focus towards Allah Subhanahu Wa there are many benefits that Allah SWT mentioned in the Quran for a person who is Munib, a person who is Inaba, who yearns for Allah SWT. The first is that you will always remember in your heart who you have Inaba for, who you yearn towards. Allah SWT said in Quran that who is going to get advice who is going to be able to heed and benefit from advice only that person whose qalb has inaba whose heart has yearning for Allah SWT otherwise advice will go into one ear and go out the other ear in another place Allah SWT says that the Quran is an advice and an admonishment and a reminder for everyone who has it whoever, whoever is an Abdul Munib who is a sincere penitent Abd so also Allah Ta'ala in the Quran has also given glad tidings towards the people who have Inaba for example, like in this world, if somebody does well on an exam, a student, then people congratulate them. Just like that, Allah SWT is congratulating the people of Inaba in one place in Quran, Allah says, and those people who stay away from all rebellion and sin and they turn towards Allah SWT in Inaba, they will have al Bushra, they will have glad tidings, means the good news of Jannah. And this should be our heart's desire that we should be included amongst those people whom Allah SWT sends Bushra, sends glad tidings and good news. And all of the keys to happiness lie in Inaba, lie in having this yearning towards Allah SWT. And Allah Ta'ala said in Allah Quran that Allah Ta'ala guides whomso He wills, and He guides the person who has Inaba, who is inclined towards Him. Whomsoever has this attribute of Inaba, then Allah Ta'ala makes such a person a guide of others. That's why Allah Ta'ala said, what to be Anaba ilayya, that you should follow the path of that person who yearns towards me. And Jannah is promised for the people of Inaba who bring to Allah SWT a Kalbul Munib. Allah SWT said in Quran that this is a Jannah that is promised to who? To that person who fear Allah SWT in the unseen and they bring to Allah SWT a Munib heart. They bring to Allah a heart that is inclined and yearning towards Him. It comes in Hadith. That from amongst the blessings of a person that Allah Ta'ala can send upon them is number one that Allah Ta'ala increase them in age so that they can do more and more good deeds in their life. And second, that Allah Ta'ala bestows them in Abba, Allah Ta'ala grants them a heart that is inclined towards and yearns for Him.
So it means from this hadith that inaba is actually a gift from Allah SWT that He bestows on the heart of a person. In another hadith, Sayyidina Usman al-Ghani narrated, and other he says that our Sheikh, Hazrat Allah Mabibra used to have the cities printed and distributed amongst the people and he really liked the cities. And this hadith has also been mentioned by by another sahaba that whenever a person reaches the age of 40 years old then Allah SWT gives them it saves them from three illnesses number one being crazy number two uh, something like physical ailment and the third is leprosy so anyone who reaches 40 years then Allah Ta'ala will save him from 40 years in Iman and Allah Ta'ala will save him from these three things then if he reaches 50 years of age then Allah Ta'ala will soften his hisab for him 50 years silver jubilee then Allah Ta'ala will soften the hisab for that person Allah Ta'ala softens his hisab for him and makes it easy for him so if this moment reaches the age of 50 years old if he spent 50 years of his life praying salah coming to the masjid five times a day so just like in your home if you have a khadim or attendant and if he's been with you for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and the longer he's with you then the more you can take care of him so just like this is ab has been a mu'min of Allah Ta'ala for 50 years of their life so that Allah Ta'ala softens their facade then the Prophet continued that if he reaches the age of 60 and Allah Ta'ala gives him inabat it gives him this feeling of inabat this yearning for Allah Ta'ala yearning for what? yearning for everything that is beloved to Allah Ta'ala so at when a person reaches 60 it means that their hair has gone white they realize the reality of life they feel sad over what they spent their whole life in the ghaflat that they had so at this time at the age of 60 then Allah SWT blesses this person with inaba with a yearning and inclination towards those things that Allah Ta'ala loves and when he reaches 70 years of age if he reaches 70 years of age then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will start loving, love him and then Allah ta'ala will declare all of the people in the heavens that they will also love him Seventy years this person has been making sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah ta'ala will love him and will declare all the people in heaven to love him and then if a person reaches 80 years old then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive their sins for them and accept all of their good deeds and then if a person reaches 90 years and Allah Ta'ala forgives him every single thing that has passed so when a person reaches 90 years 
And Allah Ta'ala forgives all of the sins of past and any sins he may yet do in the future. had reached an age of 90 years old, so then he used to, once he reached 90, then he published this hadith and used to distribute it amongst people. Because he was so happy that I reached this age of 90, where Allah Ta'ala forgives a person for all of the sins that they have done. And then Allah SWT gives him the name Asirullah fi ardihi This is Allah Ta'ala's prisoner on earth Allah Ta'ala kept him in prison on earth He's 90 years old, he's still on earth And then Allah Ta'ala will accept his shafat in regard to his family he will be able to intercede for his family on the Day of Judgment. So when a person spends such a long lifetime on piety and virtue, then Allah SWT takes such a great, sends a great blessing on such servants. So in order to get this blessing, our Mashaikh had to get Inaba. Our Mashaikh has said that that you should make your tawajjah, your focus towards Allah SWT. You must actively try. So first you will get ghafil, you will become empty. Again force yourself to remember Allah. Then again you will become empty and you will have ghaflat. Then again remember Allah SWT. Whenever you find that you are in ghaflat, make yourself to the zikr of Allah SWT. In the beginning you will have to force yourself to do so. Because they don't because the reason is they don't have the complete sweetness of the love for Allah SWT. But if they force oneself over and over again, then eventually become a habit for a person adat, and then it will be easy for a person then they will reach a level that all the time they will be thinking about Allah SWT you will see that this is human nature sometimes there's something that we want to forget we even want to forget them but we're not able to forget them it's as if they've been in the cra- engraved on the stone of our heart. So one poet said that every day I promise myself I will forget her. Every day I promise myself I'll forget her. But what happens? Every day I forget this promise of mine. So there are some things like that that a person is unable to forget. It means it becomes an inseparable part of a person. So actually, this was supposed to be for the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the remembrance of Allah ta'ala was supposed to be an inseparable attribute of our personality, an inseparable part of our life. Sayyidina Aisha Vedana says that Sayyidina Rasulullah said that Sayyidina Rasulullah used to remember Allah ta'ala at every single moment at every single moment the Prophet was remembering Allah SWT and our Mashaikh they used to make a lot of zikr and that's how they reached the stage that they always remember Allah Ta'ala that's why they used to say that any moment that is spent in a state of ghafla or that is spent in a state of absent-mindedness from Allah Ta'ala we should view that that moment was spent in a state of kufr or as if it was in a disbelief in Allah Ta'ala so they would not even want to take one breath without the zikr of Allah Ta'ala and look what a small fraction of a second it is just one breath, one inhale or one exhale even then they didn't want to be absent of Allah SWT. they wanted to have such a permanent attachment to the zikr of Allah SWT, 
That's, that's impossible for them to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why Imam Razi used to say that oh Allah no day is I'm fond of no day unless it has your remembrance in it and no, I'm fond of no night unless it is filled with your worship indeed there is no purpose no benefit no pleasure no sweetness in life other than the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our elders used to take great care in doing the zikr of Allah SWT Manchi Kishaf Ali was walking and Mufti Muhammad Shafi Mufti Azam Pakistan was at that time he had recently finished his studies and was living in the Khanqa and Tanabav and doing khidmat of his sheikh once his sheikh stopped and he took out a small notebook and a pen from his pocket and he started writing a few words and then he put it back and then he asked his student Muhammad Shafi do you understand what just happened and he said no Shaykh I don't know what you just did he said that while we were walking all of a sudden some point of knowledge came to my mind and I wrote it down on a piece of paper that so that later on when I'm doing my academic work and writing I'll think about it but right now I wanted to empty my mind for the zikr of Allah I didn't want to start thinking about this knowledge thing right now so even they would write down their ilm so to free their mind for the zikr of Allah so this level to have so much tawajjuh, so much focus of their heart on Allah subhanahu wa one shaykh used to say then I went to the mountains of West Asia and there I met a wali of Allah SWT who was reciting some poetry that's a poet and oh Allah I swear that never does the sun rise except the thoughts of you are in my heart and thoughts of you are in the mind never has the sun risen nor has the sun ever set except that my heart and my thoughts were full of you and never ever do I sit in a gathering of people except that Allah you and you alone are the subject of our conversation and all that we talk about is you if I even sit with my friends I only sit with them for the sake of remembering you
And oh my Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever I am extremely thirsty and then I lay, raise a bowl of water to my lips, then I see the reflection of you, my beloved, on the surface of the water. Oh my beloved Allah I have never ever out of joy or happiness Or in sorrow and grief Never did I leave your remembrance In all happiness and in all sorrow I always remembered you Because my zikr of you was interwoven with every breath of mine Oh my beloved Allah If ever it was possible That you were to call me To come look at you I would my, drag myself on cheeks I would dra- walk on my head If possible If I could come to see you So these people who had such a love And yearning and inabat for Allah On their heart This was the state of their feeling once a person asked the Shaykh that do you always remember Allah Ta'ala are you always remembering your beloved so then he said yes that indeed the thoughts of my beloved are always in my eye, eyes and this is the way that the eyes are always yearning for the beloved and Allah your mention of you is always on my tongue and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your picture means figuratively your picture is in my heart so how can I ever be absent from you and how can you ever be distant from me so to have such a feeling of yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That then be, without even trying a person's heart is always inclined towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Therefore we should not be One Shaykh said we should not be neglectful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For even the slightest of a second Because how do you know if the second that you're fulfilled may be the second when Allah Ta'ala is sharing His mercy upon you. What is this also? Majub used to say that, Oh Allah, now it is just me and you, my beloved friend. And there is nothing when he was retired and pensioned. And oh Allah, it is just me and you, my beloved friend. There is nothing else and all Allah and I've been delivered and free from all of the worries and fights of this world. And he says that when I was in studying in college university, we used to visit Allah and they used to tell us how to remember Allah SWT. So once there was a poet, a poem, in which the poet said that you are with me 
you were with me when no one else was but we have always changed the meaning of this poem that you are with me whether somebody is with me or somebody is not with me so the teacher would all ask uh, what are you saying because he was saying about Allah SWT and so that you changed the poem it's supposed to be about a person but you made it towards Allah SWT because the poet said that you were always with me when no one is around and Hazrati made it that you are always with me when no one is around or even when someone is around because true love is that you don't forget your beloved if someone else is around you still remember your beloved even if others are around so you are with me when no one is around and when anyone is around I have n- never I have no interest in anyone I have no focus on anyone I'm only in- interested in you and my heart can never be empty of you and my only focus is on your zikr is on your fikr is on your remembrances on your name so to get this feeling in a person's heart this is an experience that a person should make, memorize and make use of the Masnoon Duas and recite the Masnoon Duas at their particular time. This is very helpful. And whoever is Ghafil, if they recite the Sunnah Duas, then that's the best way to remove a person's Ghaflat. And there are many people who actually memorize them, but they don't use them, they forget to say them. So we have to not just memorize them, but we have to make sure we use them, recite them, pray them to Allah Ta'ala at those particular times. So this is the first thing that the Salik should work on, is that they should learn their Sunnah Duas, and they should use them regularly, daily, every single time, and then they will see the Barakah of the Sunnah Duas. And they will see that the next step of Inabat is very easy. And we have told many of our friends to adopt this step and whoever made the Muslim Duas themselves said that yes just after a few days I find my heart becoming very attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is the real purpose of a person's life that I want to lead a life where I have no ghaflat no absence in my heart of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards the end of his life somebody asked him that what is it that what is it that you complain of and he said that the one complaint I have is that all of this, all the t- any time I spent in my life in the flood, this is what I feel sad about. Then the second question was asked, what is it that you wish for? What is it that you want? 
So he replied that I want inabat. I want to have a yearning for every single thing that lies in the presence and court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I want to be have a yearning for everything that Allah is pleased with. And I have these two feelings and hasrat and inabat. Hasrat remorse over time I wasted and inabat a yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our elders have written that that person who works hard on Latifah Kalb and gets Fanai Kalbi, then when they get Fanai Kalbi, then they will be so focused on the love for Allah Taala that even if they want to forget Allah Ta'ala, they won't be able to do so. If they want to believe, forget Allah Ta'ala, they try to forget even, they won't be able to forget Him. This is why they say in Arabic, Al-Fani la yurad, that the person who gets fana can never return back. What does it mean? It means just like a fruit when it becomes ripe, it can never become unripe. A boy when they attain puberty can never go back to being a child. Just like that when a person is fani in their kalbi zikr, they can never return back to their kalbat. It means that they get so absorbed in the zikr of Allah SWT that the zikr of Allah SWT becomes an inseparable part of their heart. And Imam Rabbana Tayyinez Maktubat wrote a strange incident. And there was an Abdullah Stafri Ramtala, he was a wali of Allah SWT. And he spent a lot of time in Fana. And he was enjoying and getting a lot of pleasure in his heart because his heart is in Fana in Allah SWT. But in his body, it was difficult. When the person is unable to sleep, the person is always. Uh, focused on Allah SWT so they don't are able to fulfill their bodily needs so then their body becomes hard on their body so after some time then a person wants that my body should get some rest some relaxation so he wanted that let there be some time when my focus turns away from Allah SWT so I can sleep and he couldn't do it <coughs> so one day he said that okay there's a group going for hunting so let me go join them in the hunt and if I join them in the hunting group then I'll get involved in the hunt and then my attention will be diverted from Allah Ta'ala a little bit and then I'll take advantage of that moment I'll be able to sleep so then he started hunting all day but he wasn't able to forget Allah Ta'ala in the slightest so then when he came home at night he said that then he made dua that oh Allah forgive all the sins of that person who can make me ghafla from you from one moment he wanted to become ghafla from Allah so he could sleep so he made dua that Allah Ta'ala forgive the sins of all the sins of that person who can come and make me ghafla of you for one moment now look what a maqam he had reached him that he even if you want to forget Allah Ta'ala you can't and if we could reach this level then we would see a totally different sweetness and pleasure and of life and this is really the path of saluk after Tawbah this is the next step this is called Inaba and once the person makes true Tawbah then uh, it is easy to get Inaba because the sins are no longer an obstacle so 90 but they have to make 100% Tawbah 95% Tawbah, 90% Tawbah is not sufficient if there's one or a few sins that we keep doing we persist in doing then a Tawbah will be incomplete 
and then we will remain in Ghaflat and we won't be able to get this inabat. But if a person makes 100% toba from 100% of their sins and dedicates himself 100% to Allah then they will get inabat. Take the example that you have bound an animal with a rope and there are 100 knots on that rope. If you open up 900 knots, still he's still tied up. Let's say you open untied 95 knots, he's still tied. If you open 99 knots, he's still tied. You said, no, I've opened up 99 knots. We'll say, yeah, but there were 100 knots in the rope that you used to bound him. The only way he will be set free is if you untie all 100 of the knots. Just like that, we have to untie the knots of every one of our sin. And yes, we do make a stikfar toba, but we only untie some of the knots. And if we un- untie 90%, we get happy. No, even 95% isn't sufficient because that remaining 4 or 5% of sins is going to cripple us. Even if one sin remains, that one sin will uh, continue to ensnare us and imprison us. The only way to be truly free is to free ourselves 100% of all sin. And when a person does that 100% toba, then they will find a special enjoyment in their life. And they will spend their life in hifazat of their iman. Their iman will be preserved. And as we said, that we remember that our mother-in-law, who was also the wife of the Khaja Abdul Malik Siddiq Ram Tani, in her last stages of life, she got a brain hemorrhage she had a high blood pressure and because of her brain hemorrhage she entered into a coma and when she was in a coma then after that she couldn't she's not aware of anything because she was in a coma if you talked to her she couldn't reply to you if you said something she wouldn't respond in any way yes she continued to breathe but the doctor said that her brain is not responding and this lasted for some time one or two months but the amazing thing is that even when she was in a coma and after one or two months she was in a complete coma that the only thing that you could hear was her breathing then the day that she was about to die that morning through her breathing she started breathing Allah Allah through her breath and it wasn't something that you could that was being forced but it was something that was so natural and so clear everyone in the hospital was coming to listen to this and one by everybody word spread in the hospital everybody was coming to hear because clearly you could hear her breathing was coming to the sound of Allah Allah and then when the woman doctor came she put she started crying and she said in my whole life of being a doctor I've, ne- I've never seen a person like this that in a coma they're still doing the zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name so what does that mean and the children who are there they even recorded it on their cell phones and if a person listens to that recording they will be amazed that how the breath is just like Allah Allah and no one can imagine that she's in a coma and then this was the way she passed away from this world by saying Allah Allah and then she gave her life on this world
And as he said, this was something we saw from her own eyewitness. We saw this ourselves. It means that she has so much inabat illallah, so much ru illallah, that it benefits a person at the end of their life. That person has spent their whole life in the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you think Allah ta'ala will let just an illness make them ghafil? No, Allah Ta'ala, if they, if they spent their whole life in the zikr of Allah SWT, Allah Ta'ala will make sure that they are able to remember Him at the end of their life. And as you mentioned, there was another friend of ours to hear Sahabat Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala took a lot of work from him. And he came to the Khanka in the early years, and he wanted to be bad to Hazrat. And we... Had him recite the Kalimat of Tawbah, and he was from a very wealthy household. So, just like we treat all newcomers, we treated him like that, gave him introductory zikr. But he came back after a few days and said, No, I want more. And he said that, and he told Hazrat that these, he was a young man, and he said, Hazrat, these. People of beauty are very strange. And as he says, what do you mean? And he said that these people, they... He said that ever since I gave bed to you I've been thinking about you all the time And all I want to do is be with you all the time But these khadims you have around with you Don't give me access to you So finally after a few days I was able to meet you So as he said Okay now that you've been able to meet me What would you like to say? He said but I just want to say this That now I've come to your presence I don't want to leave your side And he stayed in the khanka And then he went back to his father And he told his father That I've pledged my life to the khanka And he asked his father That I want you to take me out of the family business and their father said look they run a foreign exchange currency business in Pakistan and they had a lot of money when he told him that you want you're the head of the entire branch of the district and you want to leave this post and just go live in the Khanka and he said yes I want your permission and blessing and he kept asking his father kept asking his father and the father said okay you have my permission and he came to the Khanka and he said Hazrat I've come and I said okay and Hazrat is Mahad which is being made in Pakistan this was the very beginning stages of the Masjid Khanka and then he became in charge of everything and as he says that Allah Ta'ala made it very easy for me that I would travel and Zaheer would be taking care of everything in my absence so I was very content and relaxed that Allah Ta'ala sent this blessing upon me and a few years Zaheer uh, worked so hard for the institute but all the time he never missed the Hajjid once he never left a Sunnah once he was so fastidious on his deen and steadfast on his deen and what we wanted to say was that one day he was traveling in the car and there was an accident and he was sitting on the front seat and he had a direct blow on his head 
And then we were informed that there's been an accident and he's in the hospital, so we went to the hospital. And as soon as we went there, the surgeon said that there, his, his brain stem has died. Brain stem is in the back of a person's skull that runs a person's nervous system. It's completely died. However, when we saw him on the bed, he was still breathing and his heart was still beating so one day passed and two days passed and then when we took a CT scan of his brain the CT scan said that the brain has been smashed and just like if you smash an egg, just like that, the brain is almost as if it doesn't, the entire brain structure is finished. So the doctor said that the brain stem is dead, the structure is finished. Why is the heart still beating? And all of the relatives were wondering what's going on. The doctors were very perplexed. And the doctors don't want to take the person off the machine until any family member says, okay, unplug the heart-lung respirator. After three days, then Hazrat says, I gathered all the doctors. There were nine doctors who were the team who were looking after him. And they asked Hazrat that if the CD scan says that his brain is completely dead, but if you take him but his heart is still beating so how can we unplug him from the machine when his heart is still beating so then Hazri explained to them that look you are looking at the symptoms of the body and that is your job to cure the illnesses of the body but you don't know about the world of spirituality that this harkat, this movement of the heart that you feel this is Allah Ta'ala's special blessing on him you should take him off the machine and we should recite his another and the doctors were amazed when we took him off the machine and when we took him off the machine his heart was still beating and they could still see his heart beating and we took him all the way back to his house and we clothed him and put his coffin on him and read his janazah and his, his his wish was that he should be buried inside the mahat and so when they buried him in the ground next to the masjid even then two of Hazir Khulafa said that when we touched his heart through the coffin we could still feel his heart beating so five days have passed since the accident and since five days since the brain had become dead and even then his heart was still beating and when a person's heart becomes alive, nothing can put their heart dead. There was a Shaykh in our He was Khalifa of Hazrat And the same thing happened that when he passed away, his heart was still beating. And the doctor insisted that he's not dead, and they wouldn't let the people come and take him away for a ghusl and kafan. So then his Khalifa, the Khaja Abdullah, 
he went to the doctor and, and he saw and he told the doctor he said listen doctor this that heart that has revived thousands of dead hearts how can that heart ever become dead so they had to bury him in such a state that his heart was still beating even though otherwise his body was dead so in this path of Zikrim Saluk if a person does Marakabah they get so much inabat in their heart that death comes on their body but death cannot come in their kalb and this is why a poet said that people think death is the end of life but death is not the end of life death is the evening of life and the dawn will be the dawn of a new life eternal life in the akhira may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give each and every one of us such a heart that is alive wa akhira da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin